Spring of Life Fellowship and the vision of changing the world invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Let's listen to our guest. Word, make it a lamp unto our feet. Make it a double-edged sword, sharp, and let it penetrate the depth of our lives so that we can receive everything your word brings to do in our lives so that we might receive a good seed planted in a good heart that will give forth good fruit and glorify you through a harvest so that all the world might see that we are covenant word-keeping people. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Turn to Matthew 7 and Luke 6. In other words, put um, a turn, open your Bibles to Matthew 7, and then put a marker at Luke 6. And just to let you know, many of you have these uh, strings in your Bible. This is called a stringy dilly. That's the official term for it. A lot of people have never been to seminary, so they don't know that. This is called a stringy dilly. It comes from the Greek word stringos dilos. <laughs> So put your stringy dilly at Luke chapter 6, all right, and open to Matthew 7. We are in the series, The Blessed Life, and the title of today's message is, It's All About the Heart. It is all about the heart. It's God doing a work in our hearts, just like we heard this testimony just a moment ago on video. Matthew 7, look at verse 1. Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, this is part of the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus is obviously addressing attitudes of the heart. Judgments come from the heart. So, he is a, he's addressing heart attitudes here. Now, here's what I want us to do just for a moment, because we're about to read the parallel passage in Luke 6. I want us to commit to short-term memory the first sentence and the last sentence of what we just read because I want you to see that we're in, we're, it's the same passage in Luke 6, but there's a verse in between these two sentences that is very famous, but we need to see the context of it, all right? So will you simply repeat these two sentences after me? All the campuses, all right? So say this, say, judge not and you will not be judged. With the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Okay, flip to Luke 6. Let's just do them one more time. Judge not and you will not be judged. With the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Okay, Luke 6, look at verse 37. Judge not and you shall not be judged. No, you don't have to say it. Thank you, though, anyway. Uh, and then look at the last sentence of verse 38. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, are these the same two sentences we saw in Matthew 7? 
Yes, okay. Let's look at what's in between now, all right? Verse 37, judge not and you shall not be judged. Condemn not and you shall not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Now look at verse 38, very famous verse. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be put in your bosom for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Giving is a heart issue. And here's what he said, whenever you give, this is what Jesus is trying to say, listen, whenever you give, you're going to get more back. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. These were farming terms that Jewish people were familiar with. In every field, there were two groups or two types of people uh, gleaning from the fields. There were workers who were gleaning in the middle of the field. There were poor people who were gleaning in the corners of the field. God said, leave the corners of your fields for the poor. And you have to think about how they filled their basket. If you were a worker, you probably didn't make, put a, a, have a very full basket because the, the uh, fuller that your basket was, the heavier that it would be. So you just put a little bit in your basket and took it over and dumped it in the cart. But if you were a poor, poor person, that was all you were going to get. You probably put a good measure in your basket and then you probably pressed it down and then you probably shook it so that it would settle more and then you probably put so much in that some of it would even run over. So that's what he's referring to. Here's what he's saying. Whenever you give, you need to understand something. You're going to get more back. If you plant an apple seed, you don't get back just one apple seed. You get back a tree and, eat, and, and the tree has many apples and each apple has many seeds. So Jesus is trying to say, you need to understand that when you give, you're going to receive more back. But I want every person here to look at the context. That's what we don't do. He is literally talking about judging, condemning, and or forgiving people. So here's what he's really saying. Listen, if you give judgment, judgment will be given back to you. And listen to this, good measure, Press down. See, there's not a lot of preaching on this part of this verse. Shaken together and running over will men give judgment to you. If you're a condemning person, you're going to receive condemnation back. But here's the great news. If you're a forgiving person, if you give forgiveness, if you get love and compassion, then that's what you get back. And by the way, I want you to notice that the root word of forgive is give. So many people have never seen this. You want to talk about a key to forgiveness. The root word of forgive is give. And by the word for means that you're in favor of it. You know, we talk about are you for or against, okay? So listen, listen what the word forgive means. Listen, it means that you're in favor of giving. You're in favor of it. So let me say it another way. If, if you're not in favor of giving, you have a difficulty with forgiving. Let me say another way. If you're not for, in favor of, if you're not for giving, then you're not for giving. Does everyone want to understand what I'm saying? If you have a problem with forgiving, you actually have a problem with giving. See? You have to be gracious to forgive. You have to be generous to forgive. So he's talking about issues of the heart. That's what he's talking about. So, Flip to Duke. Now leave your marker, your stringy dilly, remember? That's what it's called. Leave that in Luke 6 because I want to come back to that and flip over to Deuteronomy 15. 
Fifth book of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Joshua judges Ruth. I don't know why he judged her, but <laughs> it's just a way to remember that, all right? Deuteronomy 15. And watch how God deals with giving and the heart. He says, listen, it's all about your heart. It's all about your heart, all right? Deuteronomy 15, look at verses 7 and 8. If there is among you a poor person of your brethren within any of the gates in your land which the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not harden your, let's all the campuses say it, what word? Heart. Heart nor shut your hand from your poor brother. But you shall open your hand wide to him and willingly, that deals with the attitude of your heart, lend to him sufficient for his need, whatever he needs. Okay, how am I going to get to the place where I give like God gives? Because God is a generous giver, we know that. So there are four things that I want to tell you. If you're taking notes, I want you to write these four points down, all right? Here's number one. Deal with a selfish heart. Deal with a selfish heart. Now, we just read Deuteronomy 15, verses 7 and 8. Now, let's look at verse 9, all right? Beware lest there be a wicked thought in your, say it again, heart, saying the seventh year, the year of release is at hand, and your eye be evil against your poor brother, and you give him nothing. And he cry out to the Lord against you. Now watch what he says. And it become sin among you. Selfishness produces sin in our lives. That's what he says. Now, here's what he says. Don't let a wicked thought come in your mind. Now, wait a minute. This is uh, the seventh year, which is the year of release. Let me explain to you about that. Uh, God implemented an economic system in Israel that every seven years, all debts were canceled. How many of you would like to re-implement that system? Oh, okay, all right. So, so here's what he said. He said, don't let the thought come to your mind because someone might come to you and say, listen, uh, our crops didn't do well this year. We're, we're short. Uh, we, we need to, can, could I borrow some money from you? And you just about to, but yeah, how much do you need? And all of a sudden the thought comes to your mind, which is normal for the thought to come in. It's wrong if we dwell on the thought. The thought comes in, oh, wait a minute. This is the seventh year. Uh, and we've only got six more months in this year. If he can't pay this back in six months, this debt's canceled. I'm never going to get it back. And here's what God says. That's a wicked thought. Don't let that stay in your heart. Now, it'll come in your mind, but he says, don't let it get in your heart. Don't think that way. I don't want you thinking that way. I want you to just give. I want you to be like I am. I don't expect anything back. I'm not asking you to pay me back for what I did. I just want to give, and I want to give generously. See, have you ever thought about this? Why did God invent giving in the first place? And I, I really like this word invent in this question. Why did God, because Satan didn't invent it. Satan didn't come up with this. He came up with stealing. He came up with taking, not giving. God came up with giving. Why did God invent giving? Well, it's probably because they're a little short in heaven. What do you think? Every month the light bill comes due and it's just, it's they just barely make it. If it weren't for our giving, God would just, just barely scrape by. No, God did not invent giving for his sake. He invented giving for our sakes. For our sakes. It's a blessing to us to give. You want to know why? Because giving deals with 
selfishness and greed in our lives. And listen, you'll never be happy if you're a selfish, greedy person. Selfish, greedy people are the most miserable people on earth. The most joyful, happy, peaceful people are those who give. Those who give generously. God knows this is the thing that this is what helps you to break through that. And, and, and the problem is a lot of the preaching on giving doesn't actually help us get rid of selfishness and greed. It actually causes us to be more greedy and more selfish. For instance, Luke 6.38, this is the way a lot of preachers preach that. Give and you'll get, give and you'll get, give and you'll get. And so people think, well, I want to get, so I'm going to give. And you know what God's thinking? God is thinking, oh, this is great. All of my people are catching the revelation of getting. <laughs> I'm so glad they're becoming getters. Listen, we were born getters, but we were born again givers. We just have to renew our mind. God wants us to understand, what, what do we have to teach our children? What is, what is one of the hardest words to teach our children? Share. <laughs> no, 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 no. We share our toys, right? The, the little neighbor boy comes over to play and he picks up a toy. What does our little boy do? I was playing with that. I was playing with that. I was playing with that. And then, so the little boy, oh, okay. So he goes over, he picks up another toy. Was our toy? Was our boy dead? I was playing with that too. I was playing with that too. So we have to call him over and say, no, 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 listen, we want to share. We have to share. Is that right? Give. We have to learn to give. We're born with the nature of take. We're born with the nature of protect. But when we're born again, we're born again with a different nature. It's the nature of giving. We just have to learn to do it. Now, I, I do need to let the ladies know, though, there is an area of selfishness that men never grow out of. I need to let you know that. I don't know why you don't know it by now. It's just amazing to me that you don't. But there's an area where men do not like to share. We do not like to share our food. <laughs> and for some reason, you want our food. I don't know why. I don't understand it. The very first time I was speaking, this is when Pastor Tom Lane was at Trinity Fellowship, but where Pastor Jimmy Evans is. The first time I was ever there speaking, Debbie wasn't with me for some reason. She was somewhere speaking. And, and so we go out to eat with Jimmy and Karen and Tom and Jan. And we're going around the table ordering. And when I order, Jan, Tom's wife said, after I ordered, Tom said, uh, Jan said, oh good, I've been wanting to try that. I said, well, you better order some. <laughs> I've never even met the woman and she's going to eat off my plate. I don't know what's wrong with you women. Why do you want our food? Get your own food. What, what, what does every woman say when you go through the drive-thru? Every woman. I, I'll say, what, what would you like? Nothing. I'll just have some of yours. No, you won't. <laughs> I'll buy you two orders of fries, but you're not having any of my fries. And the fries that fall in the bottom of a bag are mine too. <laughs> so point number one is deal with a selfish heart, all right? I don't know whether that's pointed to the ladies or the men or both. Number two, deal with a grieving heart. <laughs> 
Now this, this is shocking. Can you imagine God has to use the word grief when he's talking about money? I mean, I can, I can understand grieving over a lost relationship, but money, we will actually grieve over that? Sure we do. It's unfortunate. Deuteronomy 15 verse 10, you shall surely give to him and your what? Heart, it's a heart issue, should not be grieved when you give it to him. Because for this thing, let me tell you what this thing is referring to. This thing is referring to giving with the right heart. For giving with the right heart, for this thing, the Lord your God will bless you, watch, in all your works and in all to which you put your hand. Here's what he's saying, if I can ever get your heart to change, I'll bless everything you do. I'll bless your finances, I'll bless your family, I'll bless your kids, I'll bless your marriage, I'll bless your health, I'll bless everything if I can just get you to give generously. If I can just change your heart, that's what we've got to understand. I do, I, it's just amazing how this has such a, a tug on us. There, there is, in my mind, I think there is a string from our heart to our wallet. Because I've watched people, they reach together all that, oh, it just hurts them right there. <laughs> Selfishness attacks us before we give, and grief attacks us after we give. You ever, you ever give a large amount, give an offering, or commit to a building fund, make a commitment, large commitment, or something like that, and right after you do it, something breaks? Or you lose an account or something? What's the devil do? Well, you shouldn't have done that. You know what's happening? Listen, that stuff happens anyway. What's happening is you have a great opportunity now. You're going to believe God. Are you going to believe that God can take care of these things? You know, I was, I just sitting here, you, you know, I'm up here preaching. And sometimes just wild, random thoughts just go through my mind. And I ought to by now, I ought to learn just to go on. But I just, I had this thought, you know, I'm, I'm going out to eat after this service and I don't have any cash. That, that just thought just came in my mind. I just, well, thank you, Tom. Wow, look at that. 20, 40, 60, 80, 100 bucks. Wow. Okay, let's keep going. All right. Oh, you want to talk about that? All right, let's talk about that. Uh, why, when I said that I didn't have any cash, why do you think Tom got up that quickly and gave it to me? Okay, I'm going to tell you why. Because I gave it to him before the service. <laughs> it's my $100. Now, okay, let me ask you a question. Now, is Tom grieving because he, I hope you're not. <laughs> you okay? All right. He's not grieving because it wasn't his in the first place. Do you know why we grieve? You know why we grieve after we give? Because we thought it was ours. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Can I tell you what joy it is to know that God is our source? that the government is not our source. And if you're believing in the government, by the way, you, you're in trouble. God is our source. The economy is our source. By the way, th this is actually Pulpit Freedom Sunday. There are churches all over America that are preaching messages today about calling our nation back to God. And I didn't feel led to do that because um, I felt like we were to continue this series. But I want you to know, I believe very strongly if, if the pastors in our land do not stand up and call our nation back to God, we're in trouble in America. 
and we need to do that. So, as a matter of fact, uh, this, the, this year's conference, at the first of the year, you don't want to miss. You do not want to miss, let me just say right now, because we always have a conference the first week. It's called First. It's to give the first of our year to God. And this year I'm calling it First Under God. And we're going to talk about calling our nation back to God and us coming back to God. And uh, we'll have James Robinson and Tony Evans and David Barton and a surprise guest, which you don't want to miss who that will be. All right. All right. So number three, we talked about dealing with, now we're going to talk about developing. Number three, develop a generous heart. Develop a generous heart. Look at verse 14. You shall supply him liberally. This word means generously. Develop a generous heart from your flock, from your threshing floor, and from your wine press. From what the Lord has blessed you with. Notice it all comes from God. You shall give to him. Okay, now go back to Luke 6 and let me show you how Jesus talks about the very, what we're reading in, Luke 15, uh, in uh, Deuteronomy 15, Jesus reiterates this in Luke 6. If you remember a moment ago, we read verses 37 and 38 about him saying, listen, deal with your heart and give generously. All right. Now let's back up a few verses. Look at verse 30. It says, give to everyone who asks of you. And from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. And just as you want men to do to you, you also do to them likewise. By the way, this is the golden rule. Matthew phrases it a little bit differently. It's a little more famous from the Matthew passage, but this is the parallel passage. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. But love your enemies. Do good and lend, watch this statement, hoping for nothing in return. Sounds like giving with the right heart. And your reward will be great, watch this, and you will be sons of the Most High. In other words, you're going to be like God when you do this. For He is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore, be merciful just as your Father also is merciful. Or generous. Let me say it another way. Listen to this statement. He is kind to the unthankful and evil. You say, yes, God is kind to the unthankful and evil. Okay, let me just remind you, that's you. That's me. You say, well, I'm not an unthankful person. You were. You were. We were all unthankful and evil. Here's what the Bible says. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. <laughs> God didn't wait for us to get thankful for, to send his son. He sent his son before we were thankful while we were unthankful and evil. And here's what he's saying. I'm generous. You're my kids now. Why aren't you generous? Why do I have to keep saying to you, share, share. Here's what God's saying. When are you going to grow up? When are you going to mature? When are you going to quit being concerned about your own toys and start sharing your toys with the other kids? When are you going to become generous? I want you to become like me. Um, Debbie and I were in the Philippines several years ago, 
And uh, you go to this kind of, you always spend a day on a mission trip. You always try to spend a half a day or a day in a local market and you buy some souvenirs to bring back to your kids or other people, you know, and so you buy, you know, stuff. And so we were going around and we were doing, it's just kind of normal to kind of barter, you know, how, how much is that? $5. Well, you take three and then they say four and you feel, you know, good about it, you know? And so we were doing that too. And, and, uh, all of a sudden this, I was just kind of looking and this person beside me, who was on our team, just, I was doing the same thing. We were bartering and, uh, I saw him talking to this man and I looked over and the man from the Philippines was crippled. And my heart just went out to him. And all of a sudden, I remembered they told me that at that time, this was many years ago, the average wage in the Philippines was a dollar a day. And I thought, what are we doing? And so this guy said to him, how much is that? And he said, $10. And before my friend could say, you know, how about five where you take five? I just had this love. And I just said to him, how about 20 where you take 20? And the guy looked up and he said, no, no, it's $10. And I said, okay, you're going to be like that? How about 25? Will you take 25? And he said, okay. <laughs> and I said, but there's a catch. I said, you have to let me tell you why I want to give you $25 for this. He said, okay. So I shared my testimony about how God had saved me out of a horrible life. And in a few moments, he gave his life to Jesus Christ. That's what God is saying. Just, just be generous. And it all happens in our heart. Here's number four, develop a grateful heart. Develop a grateful heart. Back in Deuteronomy 15, verse 15 says, you shall remember, call to mind that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. In other words, you didn't own anything. And the Lord your God redeemed you. Therefore, I command you this thing today. Notice this word command. He is ordering them to be generous. And he's ordering them to be generous on the basis that, remember, you didn't own anything. You didn't own anything. I'm the one that bought you back when you were a slave. And now I've blessed you. I'm telling you to be a blessing to people. Uh, Debbie and I, a while back, I was speaking in a church on um, the blessed life. And uh, after the service, we had talked about our testimony, and which I'll share here toward the end of this series about the cars that the Lord spoke to us to give. We were able to give away many cars and, and giving our first home away and savings many, many times and things like that. And uh, the, we're eating with the pastor and his wife, and the pastor's wife said to Debbie, hey, I want to ask you a question. And I, I knew. I knew what, you know, what she was going to um, ask. And because uh, Debbie gets asked this a lot. She said, how did, how did you feel when Robert comes and says, hey, I want to give our savings away? Or I want us to give our home away or something like that. How, how, how did you feel? And uh, Debbie said, you want me to tell you the truth? And she said, yeah. She said, I felt great. I, felt, I feel great every time he does it. And the pastor's wife said, well, why? She said, well, you have to remember that we were married before he was saved. I know what he used to be like. 
And when God changed his heart, every time he would come and say, can we give this? I knew that it was a miracle. It was what I'd prayed for all those years, was a changed husband. And then the pastor asked Debbie something that she'd never been asked. He said, what makes him so generous? And I'm not trying to set myself up as an example. I want you to know that. I've failed many, many times. But the pastor said, why do you think he is so generous? Why do you think he gives so much? And Debbie started crying and she said, because he's never gotten over being saved. He's never forgotten where he came from. And he knows better than anyone that everything we have comes from God. And he is the most grateful person I know. And therefore, he's the most generous person I know. I'm telling you, if you're grateful for what you have and you know it came from God, then you know you can give it because God's your source and he can give you more. He can take care of it. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you? What's the Holy Spirit saying to you? We ask that question every week, but I want you to ask it. Don't don't just get in the habit when you hear me say that of not doing it. Ask the Holy Spirit. Just take a moment. Ask him, God, what are you saying to me through this message? And I'm telling you, I I can tell you right now what God is saying to some of you. I want you, I want you to understand this and have your heart changed so I can bless you. The blessed life means the happy life. God really does want us to be happy. I'm telling you, it only comes from people who are happy or people who are generous. So what's God saying to you? We want to pray for you. And we want to pray for you no matter what your need is. If you have a financial need, we want to pray for you. But no matter what it is, and no matter which campus you're attending, maybe you have a need right now in your family. Someone in your family is going through a difficulty. What better thing to do at church than agree with someone in prayer? Maybe you're having a difficulty in your relationship with God or with a health issue or something. We want to pray for you. So in just a moment at every campus, this is what we're going to do. I'll pray. And after I pray, we're going to stand. As soon as we stand up at every campus, then you just stand up with everyone else and it'll make it easy to come to the aisles and then just step out and come to the front. Let us pray for you. Don't be embarrassed. You don't have to be a member of Gateway Church to come for prayer. If you need prayer, we want to pray for you. I want you to hear that. We want to. And you're not a big, bad sinner because you come for prayer. Because we all need prayer. I need prayer. So if you need prayer for any area of your life, and some of you might even be leaders and have been here for a while, but but you have an area where you need prayer, don't feel bad about coming for prayer because by you stepping out and coming, it might even encourage someone who's far from God to come and ask for prayer and come back to God. So if you need prayer, no matter which campus you're attending, After I pray, we'll stand. And as soon as we stand up, let's step out and come. And I'm asking that no one leave during this time. We'll just have one more worship song because it's very important because people are making decisions for God right now. Holy Spirit, I pray you'll draw every person that has any prayer need at every campus. In Jesus' name, amen.
Praise the Lord. This is super loud. Turn it down some. What is the nature of God? Does anybody know? God so loved the world, he gave. And that's, that's the lead. That's what he wants to teach us. It says that that will establish us as characters, as his children. A couple years ago, uh, we had finished using a motorboat that I had bought while I was in my law practice. It was a 21-foot concept with a 200 Yamaha, and we had a lot of fun on that boat. And across town, there was a family, and they were shopping for a boat. There was a father who was trying to get his delinquent son out of crime, so he wanted to do a hobby in common. And um, I, had, I had met him several months before, and uh, I, I told him, I have a boat. And he says, how much do you want for it? I said, no, I'll give it to you. And my kid's like, Dad, you're going to give it to him? Yeah, we're going to give it to him. But, Dad, what could you sell it for? It don't matter. I could only do that because of the heart of God dealing with my life for many years in that category. And so, uh, you know, God teaches you how to do that. Um, it begins to open up doors like crazy. We had ordered lunch this past Sunday. And the guys at the restaurant took two and a half hours to bring us our lunch. It was on Saturday. And uh, I finally got upset. I said, listen, cancel that order because Domino's takes half hour. If you go a little bit more than half hour, you got an hour. If you give them a break, an hour and a half. If you're a Christian, you give them two hours. But two and a half hours, that, that's it. That, that's beyond the measure of being able to tell these people thank you for our food. So we told them, take it back. We don't want it anymore. The kids had ordered it at 12 o'clock in the afternoon. It was now 2.30. Uh, and so we came to the door. Uh, I had already told them, tell them we don't want it anymore because they had already eaten. Um, we started a barbecue late. But by the time this guy took two and a half hours, they just ate the barbecue. They didn't want to wait for it. So when the guy came, we said, listen, we don't want the food. And he was like with this confused face, like saying, you know something? I waited two and a half hours to bring you your food. It's finally here, and now you don't want it? And when I saw him so confused, I said, you know something? Why don't you just leave it, and we'll just let bygones be bygones? And I gave him a very large tip. I gave him like $7. So he said, here this guy is supposed to be upset at me. He's supposed to not give me any tip. And the generosity of giving him a large tip, he says, you know something? What you just did, I work for Kitchen Chicken. And they gave me kitchen, chicken kitchen, and, and I work for Domino's, and I work for some other place, and I get a discount for all the food I get there. It costs me $5 for whatever I get, and I can take it for my family. You call me on my cell phone every time you want, and I'm going to give you $5 pizzas, and I'm going to give you $5 chicken kitchen, and I'm going to hook you up at this other restaurant. So what I'm saying, we don't understand the backside of living what the gospel tells us to live. We, we've never seen it. We've never seen the, generos the generosity of God. We've given uh, cars. We've given uh, uh, just, just been super generous. Um, recall some time back, about 10 years ago, we needed to paint our house. And you know that paint a house costs $1,500. But somebody didn't have business. They didn't have work in that season. And I had a lot of work. So they, they bill you $3,000 and you're like, go ahead and do it. 
And you're not doing it because it's about money and you're not doing it because it's about painting. You're doing it about you're going to be like God. You're going to bless people. You're going you're gonna to be open-handed. And we've learned that from the character of God. Um, some people don't understand that when you walk this life in that manner, the heavens open towards you. And that's God's promise in Malachi 3.10. He says, if you become a generous people, I will open the windows of the heavens. I will open the windows of the heaven and pour out so much provision. I'll tell you the truth. Uh, I went to law school, and, and I'm from a Cuban family. I think we're Lebanese a little bit. Um, real, real thrifty, right? But I went to Texas on a trip, and I saw these multi, multi-billionaires. And I said, what is the secret to their success? Because Texas is like, you know, uh, it's the only state in the union that hasn't gone through the recession. And the reason is because they've learned the gift of giving, generosity. And that's where I learned how to tithe and how to start giving to God through these men of God. Um, let's stand tonight. And you know something? The people that struggle with generosity and goodness, it's a challenge. And God wants to... That verse in the Bible says it's better to give than to receive. I always said, no, it's not. You know, it's not better to give than to receive. And then I came to the conclusion a few years back that says it is better to give than to receive because the one who's giving means they have. If you're giving, it's because you have. And so uh, what a horrible scenario. We live in a town that uh, recently, in the last 10 years, they, they've built up these storage houses with the storage bins. And people go and take all their junk over there and they're paying money to keep junk in a closet. And they pay more money than the junk is worth. All because they don't want to give it away. You guys empty out your garages. That's a curse upon your life. I went in this church, you guys know, right? The testimony, somebody had given us a G5. And one year passed, and two years passed, and three years passed. A G5 is an Apple computer. It's very expensive, $2,500. It used to cost $5,000. And we had it back here in a closet, and we wanted to use it, and we wanted somebody to teach us how to use it, and we wouldn't use it, and nobody would teach us. And I came back with one, from one of my missionary trips, and I said, give this thing away now. And they're like, Pastor... It's a G5. Listen, I don't care. It's a curse in our hands. When you retain something you're not using, give it away fast. We gave it away about four years ago. And uh, six months ago, they just gave us another one because we're using it now. Uh, and and we, didn't, we didn't have to buy it the first time and we didn't buy it the second time. But you want to be a generous people. Now, when I went to Texas and learned from these guys that tithe, this is what they taught me. Ready? They say tithes. Giving God his 10% because it belongs to him is only the training wheels of giving. Remember when you were riding a bike, it had the two wheels on the back so you didn't flip over? Tithing, God is going to put so much treasure and so much goodness in your life that you're going to have to become an expert giver. I met a man on the way to Ecuador. He says every year he gives a million dollars away to missions. That's what God does. He gives them a million dollars and he decides where it goes. And so we need to walk in that understanding. God is going to start entrusting us with time, 
with treasure, with talents. We need to be a generous people. Amen? And um, a lot of times in my law practice, um, the way that I got very prosperous was giving away legal work. And for everything I gave away legally, 10 cases came back. For those of you that have businesses that are not prospering, it's because you don't give. Why do I say that? Because the Bible says, give and it shall be given. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. It shall be put into your bosom. So be prosperous with your time, with your talents, with your treasure. I promise you that the Bible says that he who gives to the poor is only letting God borrow. How many think that God has big debts that he owes? Not even. He, he honors those that honor him. So we'll sing one song. You guys, God is just working in our heart, and we're headed to the blessed life. Um, you, you, a lot of you guys, I see transformation taking place. I see you guys walking. And we're going to see a whole different church. We're going to see a whole different families. Amen. Let's sing one song to the Lord and then we'll pray. Mm -hmm.